Hi everyone, I'm Jim Cahill and welcome to another Emerson Automation Experts podcast. In a previous podcast, Denka Wangdi discussed how the last 15 years hydrogen production has increased and has heightened the need for more fuel stations. Today, Emerson's Nicholas Marty joins me to discuss fuel cells that use hydrogen as an energy carrier. Welcome, Nicholas. Hello, Jim. Well, it's great to have you here with us. So for our listeners' benefit and to get started, can you share a little bit of your background and path to your current role with us at Emerson? Yeah, Jim, sure. So uh, I joined Emerson nine years ago, uh, 2012, as a sales engineer uh, selling field devices, uh, Rosemont, Micromotion, and some analytical solution. Then I moved to a Tescom uh, brand uh, within a group with also a niche market for hydrogen with a lot of experience on there to handle the sales in South of Europe. And today, since two years, uh, I am in between marketing and uh, sales to handle business development for alternative energy, uh, which is uh, biogas, biomethane and some others, and then hydrogen. And beside this role, uh, I am a subject matter expert for hydrogen in the Europe and also uh, Air Liquid Global Coordinator. Well, thanks for that background, Nicholas. Let's get into it now. Can you briefly share the benefits of fuel cells and how exactly they use hydrogen as an energy carrier? Yeah, sure. So we've seen uh, the production uh, with Denka. The fuel cells is a power generation. It produces electricity. And there are tons of applications, very innovative. So in short, you have a storage of H2, could be gaseous phases, but also liquid or even solid state. Air supply, and then you mix up those two before the fuel cell at the right pressure, flow, and temperature through calculator, and that provides electricity. The main usage uh, of the fuel cells are the mobility part, and that's very important for the decarbonization. And that could even replace heavy polluted carbon fuel and chemical battery power. We provide product to uh, components, trains, ferries, heavy duty vehicles, but also airplanes and also on bicycle. As example, our brand Tescom is uh, working for more than 25 years to the forklift application with hydrogen with long field experience. Maybe in liquid phase, and that's very innovative, driven for decarbonization in aeronautics. That's very restrictive area and market. And that's cryogenic, so it's minus 253 degrees. That's very innovative. And that will be a good way to transport and to carry hydrogen overseas. And that's very economic between, for example, Chile and the US or Morocco to, uh, to Middle East, to Europe. Okay, so you can see the big use for fuel cells in transportation. What about in other applications? Yeah. For example, that's very innovative. We can store H2 in uh, solid phases. Uh, and I can take the example of uh, a company 
who is doing, uh, who is providing electricity to heat up water into a chalet in the Alps, in the Italian Alps. This company is producing emission-free storage of green hydrogen. That's a modular system to operate 40 bar different applications as emergency power of green energy supply for residential, but marine and also large-scale application. The technology is a metal-powered based hydrogen. It goes to a fuel cycle from producing, storing, and converting it back to electricity. That represents a very uh, effective way to uh, store energy over long periods in small tanks and suitable for residential sector. The principle is to produce through solar panel in the summer and to use the energy in the winter. Other applications for the fuel cells could be also uh, backup power in a remote uh, area like desert or even data center. And we have some examples as Facebook, L'Oreal or Microsoft already using hydrogen. Well, that sounds like a, a lot of versatility and the, the storage capability of the energy really enables a lot of applications like, like you described there. So as we get into the production of fuel cells, what are some of the challenges that manufacturers face? I would summarize the, the customer are targeting, are highlighting four challenges. Safety, upgrading the technology, scaling up supply chain, and selecting the right product for the right application. Around safety, the mobility provider are concerned about their system to operate uh, safely and efficiently to maximize the utilization of the, of the hydrogen. The second one is uh, for the customer to share, to look a way to expand their hydrogen expertise. They look for help to leverage emergencies, emerging gases and liquid hydrogen technology and design best practice to develop and optimize current solution. Another third challenge are really scaling up. When you have a prototype, and you need, uh, you have a lot of orders coming in. Even the, the OEM need to scale up the, the resources, the, the factory. So it goes to supply chain reliability, meeting the, the growing, growing demand. Definitely reducing supplier amount is, uh, is very important. And last but not least, vehicle manufacturer are concerned about, uh, to, to have consistent pressure and continuous supply of hydrogen to the fuel cells. That's a really technical challenge. We need to, to meet this, uh, this, this request. Maybe Emerson is helping there on the wide range portfolio of product, reliable and safe operation, also compact and lightweight for fuel cells uh, on board. That's very important, but also robust because we look for long lifetime and reduce the downtime. We are putting a lot of engineering resources, designing engineer to launch new product to understand the market needs and even to go on a custom, customization of products. That's a good summary of some of the technical challenges and, and ways to overcome. What about for these fuel cell OEMs, the challenges they face as it relates to their supply chain and their choice of technology partners? I think that's very critical point. You know, that's a new market and a lot of developments are coming from universities, small research and development lab, small OEMs. The prototype is made from different vendors. And then comes the time from standardization and scaling up and where large volume needs to be needed in the manufacture. So those customers look for compatibility 
to reduce supplier amounts, to extend technical capabilities, to reduce the cost, to get the product on time. It's like the automotive market, large volume per month. Also, maybe we can highlight also the after sales. The product is delivered in a place and shipped in another in the globe. And that's important to pick the, the product for after sales and to have the resources. So as a case supplier on this market, we are investing in research and development to have this solution in the market. But beside all those challenges, I think the, the most important one is safety. We talk about 700 bar, even 1000 bar in gaseous phases. And even norms and standards are, are to be set. And our company is bringing technical experience to this discussion. And we should allow our engineer to even share more on this group of discussion. Nevertheless, H2 is not really new. And uh, within Emerson, we handled that uh, since decades. Hydrogen is, uh, is not a new, new vector. So we have the know to help on this, uh, on this matter. It's interesting with the pressures and everything else involved, I guess, with fuel cells are more new, but hydrogen in general, you're right, uh, in different industries, they've been using it for decades. So what can a OEM do to scale their operations to keep up with the growing market demand and not impact their supply chain? So the OEM are to, to come as a big manufacturer, starting from a couple of units to large volume. And to describe in Europe, the OEMs are, are making a lot of gigafactory to make a lot of products for the fuel cell. I can name Cummings in Germany or Symbio in France who are making new, new factories. So it's not only the factory, it's the people there. They need to hire a lot of people who engage a lot of competencies. So they need some reliable partner. We can help there to co-develop solution with our experts and then deliver uh, really the product and the solution for this market. Yeah, it sounds like you definitely, with the scale up and, and how it's expected to grow, that you need a reliable partner in all of that. So I guess in the fuel cell manufacturing process, what are some solutions to the difficulties these operations face when trying to, I guess, maximize hydrogen usage and maintain optimum pressure levels within the fuel cell. I think the difficulty there is the molecular itself. Hydrogen is very small molecule and could leak everywhere. So what we have built up needs to be redesigned also. That's the most important. So leakage must be avoided in this, in this application and then comes to safety. So we need to develop a new product to, to avoid this, this issue. Yeah, those two little hydrogen atoms stuck together, that's not very big at all. So yeah, leakage, I can see being a, a big challenge there. So what are some operational improvements a, a manufacturer can implement to decrease the time, risk, and expense? I think the OEM needs to have a reliable partner, as I mentioned. They need to have the product on time, really a good schedule. One-stop shop is, is the solution reducing supplier amount, and also the standardization of the design, really to pick the right product and the right solution. They're risking the project to use uh, the factory who can make large volume and also expense the, the cost of production. Today, the, the cost of green hydrogen is a, is a way too much expensive at the moment. Everybody needs to co-develop and to redesign the, the solution to meet those targets. Yeah, I guess on the technology curve for doing this, there's still a ways 
to go to get that efficiency. But you're right, there's a lot more people working working on it and continue to drive down those costs over time. So how is safety a factor in fuel cell production, especially for OEMs leveraging emerging gas and liquid hydrogen technologies? So in uh, gaseous phases, H2 is a, a real challenge because of the pressure, as I mentioned. There is a high pressure uh, corrosion and embrittlement where you need to, to select the right product and the right material. The customer needs to work with people who knows this market and who has experience, long field experience, even in H2 production, roughing station and some others. Also, LH2 is also a carrier, a way to carry hydrogen for long distance. And it's, uh, I guess, easier to, uh, to use LH2 because of the pressure, pressure and the density and so on. And LH2 is not really new. We can use what we have developed from liquid natural gas. And that's a way to use the know-how of the product and the, how we can design solution for the liquid hydrogen uh, opportunity. Yeah. With, what, with what's been learned over the years from liquefied natural gas and the way it's handled and everything in there, uh, I imagine liquefied hydrogen takes some of that learning and and for those using it helping with the the distribution of it so this has been a great discussion around fuel cells let's wind things down i always like to ask and and put our subject matter experts on the spot and what should i have asked you today that i didn't ask you Oh, I think we, uh, we discussed many points, but maybe we can uh, highlight some usage. And uh, I'm living in Paris. I've seen a couple of weeks ago, the Eiffel Tower from electricity made out an electrolyzer and a fuel cell for a full evening. So that's the first step of the modification of the, the use of the power. And there are tons of uh, opportunity. I guess this market is definitely new than uh, what we knew from oil and gas, from uh, nuclear and so on. And I have the feeling many stakeholders as the end user, the supplier, the OEMs, and even the politics are running in the same direction. So I'm uh, myself very excited to work in this segment. And yeah, I was uh, happy to, uh, to discuss with you. Well, that's a very cool story that the uh, Eiffel Tower powered by hydrogen for for a time there. That's uh, that's great. I'm glad you shared that with us. And I guess my final question is, how can our listeners contact you if they have questions or where can they go on our website for additional information? So we have a lot of uh, website and also that's implemented. You can go on mrsod.com. There is a sustainable pages. But where, wherever you are located in the globe, we have some organization in your country who speaks your language and they are going up to speed with expertise on, on hydrogen. So whenever you reach out, uh, uh, I can help, although, although my colleague will be very happy to, to help on, on, on the hydrogen. Well, that's great. Yeah, there's, there's a bunch of things in the sustainability area of the site and including quite a bit on hydrogen. Well, Nicholas, I want to thank you so much for joining us today and sharing some of your thoughts about it. So thank you very much. Thank you, Jim. Thank you.